This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The Arts House on Cork's 96FM and C103. You dressed yet? Dressed? Why? We've got cocktails at the Costas. Oh, jeez. We said we'd drop by. Ugh, do we have to? Then there's dinner at the Dodges, oh. the reception at the Rosens. Oh, I think I'm gonna die. So how about we just stay home? Could we do that? I like your thinking. You are the best thing that ever has happened to me. You are... Come on. Okay, then, one of the best things that's happened to me, you are. You think I'd find someone who could surprise me and size me up without cutting me down. Ain't this a town? Sure is. You are the goddamnedest thing that has happened to me. Language. Ever. Sorry. When did I have this much happiness happen to me? Never. I can't believe my luck. And all I can do is be the best thing that's happened to you. What do you say we just stay? What do you say we just go out on the boat and get smashed and make love on the beach and stare up at the moon? You might just be the best thing that has happened to me. Well, so far. So far? Of course, not much very good's ever happened to me. So far. Me too. I never much liked love. I always fought it. I never thought it would happen like this. Give us a kiss. We might just be the best thing that has happened to us. Another moment like this may not happen to us Partner When all is said and done You happen to be The best thing that ever has happened The luckiest thing that has happened You are the best thing that's happened I was hoping you'd say that. <laughs> well, you know what? I suppose he's most uh, particularly known recently for playing Trump on SNL. But that is the sound there of Alec Baldwin in duet with Barbara Streisand in a brilliant album called Encore, Movie Partners, Singing Broadway. Fantastic. I love that. And there they are getting all dressed up. And there's nowhere to go pretty much like us every night, Connor. Well, actually, in particular, next Saturday night, I am going to get dressed up. I'm going to put on my best dicky bow and <laughs> my show suit and all of that. And, you know, I think the tuxedo might even be brushed on. Yeah. For I'm what? Just, I'm going to light the fire, make some pre-show cocktails, and we're going to go to the Everyman Theatre on Saturday night. 
except we're not going to go to the Everyman Theatre. You have to wrap up warm for this one. You know, maybe some hot toddies. Yeah, there well. you are now, getting into your yeah. dress coat and tails. Yeah. But actually, what we need is the yeah. woolly jumpers, yeah. the Gansies, <laughs> yeah. the hot chocolate, and the fire lighting the for ear this warmers. show. Yeah, it's actually Tom Crean, Antarctic Explorer, for one night only, is going to be streaming from the Everyman. Like last night, fantastic performance altogether by the whole gang. You're going to get be treated the same again on Saturday night. Now, this the play itself is a testament to human fortitude against all the elements of the Antarctic. His 36-mile solitary trek to base camp is brought together by Aidan Dooley. And I remember seeing the show some oh. years ago. It's 10 years on the road, filling to packed houses all over the world. He's a master storyteller. Absolutely. He really, really is. And the whole family could gather around for this one. Yes, definitely, because you'll be exported to the coldest part of the world. Like Anyway, this one-man trek during the Terra Nova expedition to rescue his comrades, Teddy Evans and William Lashley. It's been described by Antarctic historians as the finest feat of individual heroism from the entire age of exploration and brilliantly, brilliantly recreated by Aidan Dooley. And we've got the Best Solo Show Award in its premiere in the 2003 New York International Festival and a Fringe First at the Edinburgh Festival in 2006. So he's been doing a fantastic show ever since. And I'll tell you one thing, it's worth going to again. I'd like to kind of sit down I'd love to sit in the theatre and do it. It's it's done with very dim lighting, practically no set. It's really, really, really just Aidan Dooley telling the story and weaving this tale, this incredible, incredible tale of heroism. So, yes, that's a brilliant one to tune in for. From the Everman Theatre website, all you do is log on, buy your ticket for €9, and the whole family can sit around and listen to a story being told to you right in the heart of your house. Now, you can't see him. It is an audio drama, but you know what? Why not? Why not get the blankets and snuggle up and make hot chocolate and, you know, have a chat about this incredible guy from Kerry. We were in the uh, South Pole Inn in Anaskol there last year and we were chatting to his grandson. I mean, literally his history on our doorsteps and that's a great, great one. Kind of ties in a little bit with something in Indy Cork, doesn't it? Which is still running. Indy Cork Online is actually going to be closing its extended version of the festival today. So this is your last chance to literally log on. You can catch the whole festival in one go or you can just buy one ticket. <laughs> um, I have a couple of recommendations, but one of them caught my eye. is called Breaking Ice. Do you remember, what was that film about the bobsleigh team from Jamaica? Cool Runnings. Cool Runnings. <laughs> well, this is the Irish version. In 1986, a London Irishman named Larry Tracy took it upon himself to form the Irish Bobsleigh and Luge Association. He recruited a group of elite Irish rowers and set his sights on qualifying the team for the 1988 Winter Olympics in Calgary. Having achieved qualification for the Games, the stage was set for an historic Olympic debut, but one thing stood in their way, the Olympic Council of Ireland. And despite qualifying for the Games, the OCI refused to allow them to compete at the Games, which saw the famous Jamaican bobsleigh team become Olympic heroes. Undeterred, the team evolved and set their sights on the 1992 Winter Games in Albertville in France. And that story is called Breaking Ice, and it's one of the documentaries that's available at Indy Cork. Today. Go and see it. Yeah. But today. Today. Yeah. Let get that into today your head, guys. Your it's chance. today. Today is your last chance. Okay, we started off the hour with that beautiful love song there between Alec Baldwin and Barbara Streisand, and a love story is behind my next guest because when I rang her the other day, I was telling Fiona Kennedy that she's been on my mind because, of course, like she was one of those people who was amazingly generous right throughout lockdown. She did so many free gigs online. She raised thousands for charities in Cork. And then, do you remember a little while ago we were playing her single Twenty Dollar Bill," which was inspired by the Black. Lives Matter movement. And of course, any fine day recently that I've pointed the car in the direction of Garrettstown, I just can't help singing her song. We're going to the beach. Well, there you go. Besides which, she's just a smashingly gorgeous person. So it was great to see she has a new song out. It's called All the Days. And I rang her to find out about the background to this song, which is in fact perfect for the times we're in. Well, how's it going, Emery? That's a wonderful introduction and it is brilliant to talk to you too. Yeah, the song All of the Days, it's, to be honest, now I actually wrote it about a situation I found myself in with my hubby, my husband, Andy. Andy has been working abroad in a place called Kazakhstan for many, many years. Like, he had a kind of a rota, a rotation, and he'd be away, say, for six weeks and then home for two weeks, and very difficult. And, God, like, I was really wanting him to come home and... He could never find a job at home that interested him. And 
anyway, just in the last few months, things really got to me. <laughs> I yeah. said to him, look, you got to come home. I can't do this anymore. I want a life. I want a normal life with you. I want you to be around. And I wrote the song kind of just thinking about it. You know, it was just when I when I feel something strongly, I, a song kind of comes out. And I suppose it's a way of expressing how I feel about something at the time or a way of getting emotions out, maybe. I don't know. But that's how all of the days came out. And then, because he actually said to me then, because I was saying, look, this is, wait, you hear this now? This is something that I wrote because I was, you know, just waiting for you to make a decision and come home. And he did come home, by the way, and he got a job in Ireland, in Cork, just before the lockdown. So I was blessed. We were really lucky. And he he said then, God, you know, the song really is kind of very relatable to COVID-19 and the lockdown and everything. And I said, yeah, God, I never even realized it, really. So that's where the song came out of. I had no idea about your husband working in Kazakhstan. What does he do? He's in construction. He's a construction guy and he was working out there, yeah, for many years. He, he loved it, like, he has a lot of friends out there and everything, but sure, he spent half his life away, you know, and it's, it's, a, it's a specific type of life that you have and it's hard to keep the relationship going. You have to, it was fine, like, we managed it, but, like, you know, the time comes in when you have, you just have to make a decision and say, right, come on, let's get on with things, don't come home and we'll go for it here, like. Wow. So I'm so happy since he came home. And loads of people that he knows out there got stuck out there and couldn't come home at all. You know, a lot of expats and mm. like he could have been out there for three or four months, which would have been awful. Wouldn't be you wouldn't be now in the best of places, like he'd be out in sort of camps and things on big huge sites out in the desert and it wouldn't be great. So um you wouldn't really be having a nice time. So it, he 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 really dodged a bullet I think and came home at the right time we were very lucky amazing so. and you know what obviously the grow is strong and the feeling then shines through in the lyrics well I guess like even the video uh, of the guy who did the video and who recorded it is a man called Cormac O'Connor he has the Maple Room Studios down in Manan Bridge and he did a $20 bill as well for me actually the last single and uh, my friend Billy did the guitars on the on the track and he came up with the idea of the tremolo guitar, which was really nice. And then Cormac kind of uh, made the video when I told him the idea of why I wrote the song. Mm. Stuff. Like we were, as you can imagine, with the way things are, we were on a complete shooting budget. And in fairness to him, he, he really, you know, he, he did a good job. And he, he, like the video shows kind of an airplane and kind of traveling. And we were trying to get the vibe across of travel and people being apart, different parts of the world and that kind of thing. So it's just like all of the days and all of the nights, just you're, every rotation, you're kind of coping the weeks, you know, right? He'll be home now in five weeks, he'll be home now in four weeks. That's the way your life goes and you have to kind of live your life in blocks. You know, when the person comes home, there's a lot of people who will relate to this, I'm sure. There would be. You'd have people who have family out in oil rigs, partners that are involved in shipping or stuff like that, away at sea, fishing even, never mind long-term merchant hauling exactly. or anything like that. And and it's so, so common and so, so hard. But like the, the words really bring home how we take so much for granted. God, no. I mean, I'm so grateful, oh, and Marie, that he's home and that, you know, I'm not going through this on my own. And, you know, like my mum is very elderly now and we're looking after her as well. And it's just great to have the support there and just someone to have to crack with as well. And he's great support for the music and he is brilliant. You know, if I'm getting feeling down and I'm sort of thinking, look, what am I doing? Why don't I just throw this in because I, you know, I'm not going to get anywhere. And, you know, he's so supportive and he loves the song as well. So I really have to say that, doesn't he? Because it's his song, like it. So, <laughs> but he, he's a kind of a rocky, the rockhead. So he's looking for my next one. I have to be a much more rocky kind of a thing. <laughs> but anyway, he's a lucky man. Out. Oh, he's a lucky man. But he, your next song will now be all about. Oh my God, this guy won't just won't get out of my hair. yeah when are you going away again (laughs) but you mentioned there about getting airplay and obviously everyone loves you in Cork and you're such an amazing supporter of Cork businesses of other Cork singer songwriters and especially the network of women in Cork you're a massive supporter of everybody else so that's great here on home ground but around the country 
I imagine it's it's tough, isn't it? Everyone's trying yeah. to get airplay. I mean, I'm getting sent stuff two or three times a day from people all oh. over the place, and 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 it's it's crowded, isn't it? When you're trying to market yourself and and plough the ground yourself, it is, Elmery. And, and in fairness, I am so grateful to you, and thank you so much. Let me say for playing the song and for the support that you're sure, giving why me wouldn't and I? loads why of wouldn't others. I? But I mean, my profile has, as you know, it's been up there. It's been down at the bottom. It's been like when you're in when you're in the industry as long as I am. I mean, thirty years odd. It's very hard. You can't maintain profile for that length of time unless you've got loads of records and you've got a management and all that. And I'm an independent artist. So, like, I never signed with anybody. And really, it's just it's just learning how to approach DJs, all that kind of stuff. And you just have to keep on plugging away. I think that is the only way, really. And somebody along the way will will just pick up on something. I was lucky, now I got my song Gobi, which is on uh, the song about the little dog, you know, that was got picked up over in Scotland so I started to get loads of airplay over there, got, you know, a little bit of a mini hit there so it's it's things like that a lot of it is luck and then it's kind of getting confidence, I think being a middle-aged woman in the music industry is a bit of a disadvantage but one good thing is you do have maturity and you do have you kind of believe in yourself a lot more I do anyway I kind of I'm you know I'm not half as quick now to sort of throw in the towel or you know give up hope and that's why I try and support other people because I've been I mean I got so much support when I did my crowdfunding thing for the for the album and that really really showed me like that that gave me the push to get out there and start writing my own stuff again and putting out my own music. And that is the hard part. You know, you're putting yourself out there. Like only lately somebody said to me, God, are you mad, you know? Or why would you be putting yourself out there again? Like to be knocked down or to face failure. And like, sure, that's what life is. It's a challenge. You know, you have to, you have to. And if you believe in it yourself, then if, if somebody doesn't play it, you're not going to go and say, all right, that's it. I'm all washed up. You can't do that or you give up in this business. Like, And I think the people who hang in and who believe in their music and keep on going and connect with other people, I think they're the ones that will be resilient and get through this, you know, and get there in the end. Like, Well, I think one know. of the reasons you connect with people as well, Fiona, is just because you're always you, you're natural, you know, you're genuinely interested and you've got great, great heart and it just beams and shines through this song and I know everyone's going to love listening to it now. So it's great talking to you again, Fiona. Thanks, Elmarie. Thank you so much. Brilliant. Nobody knows what the future may hold 
Fiona Kennedy and her brand new single, All of the Days. Corks 96 FM and C103. The Arts House with Griffin's Potatoes Cork. Fresh, flowery, and full of taste. It's at the root of what we do. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quark's 96FM and C103. The Arts House. And you're very welcome back to the programme. Well, what are you reading at the moment? I'm stuck into Thaig Coakley's new book called Whatever It Takes. And it's brilliant. It's also the book chosen for One City, One Book this year. But when I interviewed him about it during the week, I was trying to ask questions that wouldn't be spoilers for you listening if you haven't started it or for me because I haven't finished it yet. The book actually begins with the main character, Cork Detective Gartha Tim Collins. And it immerses us not just in in the murkiness of the dark side of the city but in the upheaval of his life too. Tyke, it's really lovely talking to you and like today as we're recording it's a real autumn day I'm looking out the window, the leaves are changing colour, the wind is blowing, there's a bit of drizzle in the air and it's so tempting to just light the fire and sit down with a book for the evening and those are the days that are drawing into us now and gosh, especially if we're told to stay at home and you just happened to kind of make a little offhand comment there that never dawned on me that bookshops maybe forced to close if things are escalated any further, which would be a disaster. It really would, Anne-Marie. First of all, thanks for having me on your show. Uh, it would because we really need, and we know it from the first lockdown last March, we need our books, we need our music, we need our film and our theatre and everything else. So, And, you know, a bookshop is such a wonderful place because you don't know what you're going to get, what you're going to walk out of. 
uh, what kind of adventure you're going to go on or what kind of travel you're going to go on. So it really would be a pity. So fingers crossed that we'll, we'll all see the back of COVID before too long. Well, we should put it down now that this is the, the call in the campaign that bookshops are part of the essential supplies. Forget the hard stores with their paint and their home decor. <laughs> What we want our bookshops. We will survive without paint, but we can't survive without our books and our stories. And especially if we're going to go into a serious lockdown, we need our books and our adventures and our thrillers and all sorts of books. Well, I suppose we need our libraries as well. And that's one of the reasons we're talking, of course, is not just because of the book itself, but because the book, whatever it takes, has been chosen as the One City, One Book by Cork City Library this year. And that's a fantastic thing, isn't it? to try and galvanise a whole population together to share in the same adventure. It's a wonderful initiative, Anne-Marie, and I'm really thrilled that whatever it takes was chosen by Cork City Libraries this, this year. A big thank you to them. And, you know, reading is such an important thing as we've been talking about, and that the idea that a book could galvanise a community and we could have a one big citywide um, virtual uh, book club uh, talking about the same mm. book and reading the same book it's very exciting and I'm really really thrilled Well especially with the character and the setting that you've given it because with the nature obviously of One City One Book at the moment we've had a tendency to sort of really immerse ourselves in a familiar landscape and from the opening pages we are there on the banks of the River Lee with the protagonist of your book we are, Tim Collins, we are indeed literally on, on the banks of the River Lee because he lives on Lavitsky actually and he's kind of looking up over uh, on to the north side of the city and he's a former hurler, he played with Napier Sheik in a, in a former existence as well. So, and the, the book is very much rooted in the city. When I started writing the book about five years ago, I really wanted an authentic feel of Cork in a crime book. That's what I was aiming for and an authentic kind of Cork character as well. So I really uh, hope that those two things come across in the book. Well, they do. And I mean, like that connection to the GAA is actually important. I mean, like here he is, he's a Garda detective and we are immersed immediately within the first kind of couple of pages, not only in the cases that are presenting in front of him, but we already know there's cases that haunt him and that a GAA background also haunts him. That is bro- like not necessarily something just to be celebrated. That's all brought to bear in the first couple of pages, never mind the first chapter. And it's amazing, isn't it, how all of those things in his backstory that you can kind of conjure them in a line or two or in a passing mention or two, but they really have an impact on him and how he's handling his life, how he handles his work, how he handles his relationships and have a bearing on the story. It really does. And, you know, I wanted the character, Collins, I wanted him in some way to be an insider and there's no better way to be an insider to uh, to be part of a GA club or to be involved in any sport really. It's a great community thing, sport. But also I wanted him to be a little bit of an outsider Mm. even though he's part of a big garbage station and he depends a lot on his colleagues and overall he has a good relationship with his colleagues. To, To have a character stand out in a book, especially in a crime novel, he has to be a certain amount of a loner or to be estranged as well because... There comes a time in in any kind of good crime novel that teamwork is obviously very important, but somebody at some time has to stick their head up and say, well, I'm going to go the extra mile here. And uh, yeah, in this case, it is Collins. You you mentioned there about being a team player. And obviously, you'd imagine that all the members of the the force in the Gardaí would be, you know, team players. But it's the same with anything in any sort of workplace, isn't it? If there is a, a sense or a moment or an incident of betrayal, or disconnection where you feel unsure of yourself or you feel unsure of those on whom you should be able to depend and should be able to to trust. And that completely changes then your approach to things because like the cover screams a poisoning, a kidnapping, a vendetta, and yet it's far from a Garda cop buddy story that you've written. He really is a loner. He is, and uh, circumstances happen. He, he comes across some information which means uh, that he can't really share some of the uh, insights that he's getting with his colleagues uh, because he do- he doesn't know if he can trust all his colleagues. And that makes him more isolated as well, which means that he has to go even further than in whatever he has to do, whatever it takes for him to solve a particular case and for him to 
So he's at he's at war basically with a leading criminal, and you know if he can't depend on all his colleagues to back him up or to to give information back to that criminal, he kind of is is alone in a certain extent, and then that means he has to act in a way in a more extreme way. Oh yeah, the enemy is known. I mean, the enemy is in plain daylight nearly, but it's the path to him is is so obscure and so deftly, deftly crafted. Like you even mention um, and, and give a reference almost to PTSD in the very, very opening section of the story as well. And like I imagine there's an awful lot of back work and uh, craft has gone into this story. I mean, you said you, you began writing it five years ago. I did, Anne-Marie, and it's also part of a series. So I'm hoping to have a sequel coming out next year. The provisional title of that is Everything He's Got. Mm. And I'm, I'm also working on a prequel because, as you say, at the beginning of this, it doesn't happen in a vacuum. He's coming back from a previous case, a very, very tough case. And uh, that third book, I hope, in the series will be a prequel and it will outline that. And it will go back as well to his childhood, his relationship with his father, because one of the things that I have found that I've been reading crime uh, fiction all my life is that it's not a whodunit. We don't really care in some cases who really did it. We want to know what's going to happen to this character. We become invested in this character, in his relationships. And that's really what we want to see is what, how is the character going to change rather than did, did A person do it or B person do it, really. That's the investment that we make in these kind of books, I think, anyway. It's motivation and suspense, isn't it? You know, and it's, it's filled with it. It is, and it's tension as well, because, yes. you know, there, the book is in four sections, and there's a kind of dramatic end to each of the four sections, but it's the build-up to that. Uh, you know, there's something happened in Power One, for example, that the reader knows what's going to happen, but Collins doesn't. So this creates a tension in the reader, which is exactly what we want, and then there's a release of that when the dramatic ending or whatever happens uh, like that but it's the tension and the build-up and the suspense really uh, that that i think readers want and that they enjoy in a strange way you wouldn't think we would enjoy tension but we oh, do oh god it's in yeah the book. yeah it's just it's the escape oh and my god like do we need that right now and like it's funny i've been chatting to you and i've been super super careful about the kind of questions i'm asking you because a I hate having books spoiled for me, but also I'm not finished and I'm petrified of asking you anything that would <laughs> spoil where well, I'm going. Worry, I, won't, I won't give anything away. I hope not ever really. No, it is, we do need this. And we're very lucky at the moment that we have a lot of great crime writing happening in Cork. You know, we have Kevin yes. Doyle's books, Catherine Carolyn, Louise yeah. O'Neill has a new book out now, which is set in West Cork. And it's a thriller. It's a kind of a dramatic book as well, a brilliant book. You know, it does make a difference, I think, when we know the scenes, when we know the locations and we say, God, I, I know that place, that quay or that street or the coal quay or the English market so well. It's a nice feeling for Cork people to see books set in their own city too, I think. Oh, it is. And it's so cinematic. I mean, like this book is already, you know, screaming for a, a film series. Uh, it's it's so beautifully done, brilliantly, brilliantly drawn. And I think fantastic initiative in the One City, One Book drive as well from the City Library. And if anything, if our even if our bookshops are forced to close down. The fact that Cork City Library is available online is a tremendous thing for people. You worked there. I did, I did. As a librarian I yourself. I did long, many years ago indeed and, you know, I remember very much walking in there how a lot of people who could be isolated and who were very isolated now, older people and so on. I walked up in St Mary's Road, for example, and people would come in. And one woman used to come in and she'd say, Tiger, what two detectives, two cowboys and two romance for herself <laughs> and her husband and that kept them going every week so yeah. she would read the two romance, he'd read the two cowboys and the two of them would read the two thrillers So, and you know the library is still open, you can click and collect you can order your books and go and collect them and everything and what a great service it is and for free as well, it's mm. unbelievable really, we're very lucky with our libraries in Ireland and in Cork especially. Thank you. I wish you continued success with this book. Whatever it takes is what it's called. People should definitely make sure they get it now before the bookshops are forced to close if indeed that is uh, in store for us. But I can't think of anything better on a 
wild winter's night than the uh, the fire lighting, the tea and the boil and immersing yourselves in a crime thriller around the streets of Cork City. Fantastic stuff. It's been lovely talking to you. Thanks very much, Anne-Marie. And of course, there's plenty of copies in the library as well if you want to, to borrow them too. They're, they've been very supportive. And thanks a million to you. Now, sacrilege there. Of course, you wouldn't have the tea and the boil. It is the kettle and the boil for the tea, naturally. But uh, as Tyke mentioned there, you can get your hands on the book in a number of ways. The book is called Whatever It Takes. And you can buy it, of course, in your local bookshop. You can borrow it in the library. You can order it from the library and do click and collect. And you can also join the library and read books online. And that's a free service as well to join. It's going to be a lifesaver during the winter. So check it out if you read your book on a Kindle or an iPad or an e-reader or whatever. So for a little taster of the book, I made Connor record a clip yesterday. He placed the glass and bottle on the small table, moved away from the window and paused the music on his phone. The sudden silence was grating, putting him on edge. He picked up the binoculars from the low bookshelf and standing as far back as possible from the window, he focused them on the van. The tiny but unmistakable glow of a cigarette being pulled upon shone and faded. He noted the registration number and called the station. Mick, Collins here, he said. Detective Collins? Sergeant Mick Murphy said, with clipped asperity, his voice as tight as a new rope. They went back a long way and the road had been rocky. Collins pictured his thin lips pursed in disapproval. Mick, can you run a number for me, please? A Ford Transit van, white, maybe cream... 02C97412. It's parked across from me on Pope's Key. Right, I'll call you back. Nick said. Thanks. He put the binoculars to his eyes again and waited for the call. The phone rang. Collins, he answered. Belongs to a garage off Blackwater Road. Shawnee McDonough runs it. Remember him? We got him for procuring a few years ago. Collins winced. He tried to think. He watched the van. It seemed so innocuous. Is there a problem, Collins? Mick said. I'm not sure, he said. There's somebody inside it. Yeah, I remember him all right. Thanks, Mick. Are the traffic cameras live on Christie Ring Bridge? The one facing west? Down Pulse Key? I think so. I didn't hear of any problems. Good, thanks. I'm coming into the station. Have a look. Will you send a car around, please? It's probably nothing, but still... Uh... Collins hung up. Shawnee McDonough. Not good. He glanced at the beer on the table. He knew he had to check the video immediately, or it would eat at him through the night. Whatever It Takes by Ty Coakley is on sale now. Corks 96 FM and C103. The Arts House with Griffin's Potatoes Cork. Fresh, flowery and full of taste. It's at the root of what we do. The Arts House on Corks 96 FM and C103. Love be my Achilles Confuse my psychic monsters the Scary ones that ran and ran Leave no trace of soul Love got no secrets here Except the ones between us When you you can have the hurt Let our bodies intertwine Listen to the angels 
the sound there of Jack O'Rourke and that particular single of his called Myth. I loved that particular one. Now, never mind about breaking all the rules. We're in the middle of a global pandemic and I know it's surreal in so many respects and the changes to our lives were unimaginable but this year but look here we are we're heading into the winter and I suppose as part of that we need all the joy we can get now and Cork has been on its knees before I mean we were only recently talking about the centenary of the burning of Cork in the programme a few weeks ago Cork rose back then and we'll do it again so heading into the winter one of the little things to make people smile is one of the largest scale artworks in the city right now Uh, normally artists are working of course in a very solitary way but for a festival in October artists are working not just with people looking over their shoulders but commenting all day on what's going on too. It's a move to bring large-scale mural work to the city, lifting everyone in the process. It's called Ordu and I spoke to one of the artists, Shane O'Driscoll, who's painting the entirety of Harley Street at the side of the Metropole Hotel. Shane, it is great to talk to you, especially about this initiative, Ordu. I know like that in recent years we'll say things like the electricity boxes all being painted around town would have caused a big buzz and there's various wall murals and a singer's corner like that building being wrapped and the back of the opera house with all the writers. There's a real grow for art on the street in Cork, isn't there? Yeah, there is. No, absolutely. You know, I think the fact that it, it is out in the streets and it's kind of accessible to all necessarily no kind of barriers kind of put like that, it definitely kind of raises people and it, it kind of fills their day, you know, it kind of becomes almost a narrative for their day which is kind of good and, and people definitely become Catch them, you know. We definitely found that even as we're kind of painting over older paintings in the last week, prepping people kind of coming up and saying, hey, don't paint over that. We kind of like that, you know. So people definitely attached to it, which is great, you know. Good to hear. It is. And it's, it's fantastic, actually, to hear there's such an affection and, and a willingness for people to kind of stand up and feel protective about stuff they see in the street, which is, which is really good. But it's all part, of course, of this festival, an actual festival, which is fantastic, called Ordu. I know. Yeah, remember those festivals. There's a great buzz on social media all about it, but for people who aren't sort of floating away on Twitter and uh, aware of all of that, tell us what Ordu is about. Well, basically, it is a mural festival that will be happening uh, over Cork uh, for this month. And we've got seven murals should be kind of painted around Cork City. And the basis of the name Ordu was Rise, and it was kind of just a response to what's happening at the moment. It's tough to kind of you know, stay active in, in many fields. So because myself, kind of Peter and Paul were involved in this, this was our background and this is what we do and have a passion for. So we said, hey, let's let's kind of propose this to the council and see if it's possible to kind of bring some kind of colour of vibrancy and a bit of pride back into the city, you know. Mm. And that's how we're doing it, by bringing artworks and, and great artists to kind of showcase their work and, and just put a positive spin on the times, you know. I love the sentiment behind it. I love the fact that it's being done specifically for the people of this time Although it is obviously the centenary year of the burning of Cork when Cork had to rise again back then. But seven streets being graced with these amazing artworks. And I've seen so many photos of people sharing the work of yours on Harley Street as it is at the minute, from the blank wall to the graphics as it's taking shape. And just as I was trying to ring you, actually, you you said you were coming down off the lift and there was loads of people talking to you. So uh, tell tell us about the reactions from the public while you're you're there now, because you're working with the last week, really. That's right. Yeah, I've been working here for the whole week, kind of on Harley Street like that. So I'm kind of on street level. So I'm kind of getting a lot of chats in like that. But it, it's been massively positive. You know, a lot of people are kind of changing the directions to work in the morning, just to kind of follow it and see how it's moving on. He was kind of commenting on just it kind of brightening up the the street. You know, some people were kind of almost wary coming down the street. Not looking forward to it. So that's kind of amazing to hear. Even just as the first color goes down, just that kind of simplicity of color, the reaction people have has been great. You know, and then you know, hopefully that will kind of continue throughout the the month around the city and we've kind of selected a few kind of sites around the city so we've kind of spread it out far and wide and even with that you know, when people become aware of the Ardu Festival and, and the murals going up they'll kind of actively seek them out you know and maybe even create a new kind of path around the city and rediscover the city and I think that's kind of part of our idea as well like that is to kind of just get people I suppose but people can obviously move around the city but it's, it is outdoors and something new to do and to see and, and definitely like even during lockdown people appreciate the kind of uh, creativity and the arts more so and just that kind of escape element it kind of provides you know and but yeah so far it's been massively positive which is great you know especially when we're kind of painting you don't want to be hearing bad things i know i know but the thing is it does completely change your mood when you're walking down the street i think it's exciting to see the whole seven when they're all done did you have a chat beforehand about a kind of a theme or a motif that would recur around the city or is each of the seven artists been given free reign and do you know what each of your colleagues has in mind yeah i think like the idea wasn't to kind of have 
too strong a team like that. We didn't want to dictate too too, uh, too much to all the artists involved. We kind of, you know, even kind of because we're all kind of artists ourselves and you kind of appreciate a, a bit of kind of free reign. Mm. So that was kind of initially what it was. And obviously, as this developed, became aware of the centenary of the fire and just the team of kind of vessels rising, you know, and lifting people up. And I think that's kind of effectively what it is, is using your your creative talent to kind of elevate people like that. Gar Joyce, I know, will be painting on the team of the fire. Um, there is kind of loose, loose references throughout, you know, again, there's different styles, there's abstract, literal artists, stencils, so it's all quite wide and varied and we were just definitely kind of conscious, yeah, of, of it being centenary and, and I suppose rising with the people and with the artwork, you know. Lots of people are sharing photos, as I said, of what's what mm. happening so far. But tell me what a typical day is like when you're on a project like this. Like, this is a massive project for you, an entire yeah. street as such. It's not a building, it's not a wall, it's like literally the entire street. <laughs> so, like, what happens for the day? Do you bring your lunch? Are you eating in town? Are you getting weather beaten? What's the day like up on the lift? Uh, all the above, pretty much, yeah. Like, I think even like that when I cycle down day one to the wall, it kind of it registered with me that it is actually a street. Because <laughs> so I was kind of going, how many houses is that actually? Yeah. But I think, you, you know, you kind of you get over that and went to, like, it's like looking at a blank page, you kind of make the first mark and you kind of get stuck into it like that. And I think, you know, the plan is, is just kind of keep going. Like, it, it is it is very physical. It takes us all, all day, mm-hmm. all outdoors. You know, it was kind of lashing rain there a while ago. You've got to work with weather. I've been very lucky this week. You know, I think the plan is ideally, you know, you just stick to routine, get in a half eight. You've got to take the lift out. You've got to start it up. You've got to set up all the barriers for health and safety. You make sure your paints are still wet from the night before so they're not drying out. You're spinning a lot of plates. I have my brother here and he's kind of sort of assisting and kind of spotting for me as well, just for any kind of issues that people tend to wander into barriers and stuff. So you are kind of wide open, definitely. And there's a lot of variables going on. And even before you start kind of painting as well. Are you lugging tins of paint in and out every day? And how many litres are you going to go through over the course of the wall, the street? Uh, yeah, I don't know. There is a lot of uh, definitely kind of lugging paint around, brushes, rollers, trays, uh, spray paints. I've got stencils here. So you're kind of, I'm kind of, you know, adapting, chopping, changing different sections of the wall. You know, being wearing, if, if I paint the mulching, if it rains, that hair yeah. washed off. So better watch the weather. Spray paint, you can move faster in sections. There's a lot kind of going on, but you know, right now yeah, I'm, I'm staring at Oh, I don't know, maybe 20, 30, 40 litres of paint cans of varying <laughs> colours in front of me. Um, but it's, it's good, like, as, as the week goes on, you know, it starts kind of being used and disappearing slowly because when you arrive day one, you just got bags of paints rolled. There's so much stuff. So it's nice to kind of, you know, trim it away as the week goes on. And, and even in your head, mentally, you can see, I'm getting through this, I'm getting there, I'm getting there yes. through the end. But yeah, there's definitely a lot of paints, a lot of colours, and uh, it's all good, you know, I could be doing worse things. <laughs> ah, you should be good and sure. Have you been surprised by anything people have been saying to you about this particular work over the week? Not really, no. I, I mean, it's kind of, like, I take it lightly, I don't really take any kind of mad criticisms for people. There's one mm-hmm. person, you know, she came up and was like, I don't like it. It's a waste of, of, a, of a lovely wall, you know, and you should put trees or something there. And I was like, that's grand, that's totally your opinion, you know. I think she was there 15, 20 minutes and it was, you know, it's like, are you a professional? Did you go to college? You know, why, how are you doing this? And you kind of go, yeah, that's fine, that's fine. You definitely learn, especially when you're kind of, like I'd be primarily working in studio, like as a printmaker, so I'm kind of, most time I'm in studio solo. Then when you kind of work in the streets, you're totally wide open to all walks, all people you meet. And you have to engage, you know, and you have to kind of stay positive and don't get aggravated. Um, you're kind of here to do a job and that's it and just, you know, just be nice. And if someone is kind of shooting their mouth off at you and say they don't like it, that's fine, you know, you can't please everyone. You can't, but overall arch of everyone's reaction that I've seen online really has been super positive. There's a lot of online chat and a lot of chat about the restoration and the reinvigoration of the Victorian quarter in Cork as people yeah. are branding it. And I suppose particularly Harley Street there, you know, just over the Mary Elms Bridge. It's super visible from the quays that you can get all sorts of different mm. angles and, and pictures on it. So even as when people once again return to Cork City as tourists and be coming into the bus station, it's one of the first things they're going to see, isn't it? It is, yeah, yeah, no, absolutely, yeah. Uh, um, you know, it's definitely something kind of, I was conscious of even like, like I was living in Dublin for years and before I kind of returned to, or when I returned to Cork, I was just conscious of like, it would be great if there was, you know, big colour, more vibrancy, you know, kind of reflecting the people of the city. There's a huge culture for art here as well, you know. Uh, and like I was just saying, when tourists kind of come back in here, it's just, it's a whole new level again to, to the city again, you know, and um, any any kind of positive kind of 
elements we can bring to city, you know, all the better, you know, and, and if we're happy, then we're happy. <laughs> There's going to be a lot of photos of what you're creating between the seven of you shared online with tremendous so, yeah. pride by people in Cork. <laughs> yeah. And it's a super initiative. You know, I'm out in Ballincollig as we're chatting to you now today and there's been a couple of showers mm. of rain, so I hope you have yourself well yeah. wrapped up. <laughs> <laughs> I've got two jumpers on. <laughs> But it's fine. <laughs> but yeah. it's good like that, even as you're saying there, you know, with social media, people, I know it's like definitely kind of stopping, shooting, sharing it, and even people from all different ages and, and, and generations, even kind of older generation, people kind of saying like, you know, well done, good on you, city needed us. Um, and that's, that's definitely encouraging to hear, you know, um, especially if you've done a long week, long week outdoors in the cold or whatever. And just those simple kind of pick you up, pick me ups are kind of a good thing along the way. Exactly. And if you appreciate it and share it, you know, that's, that's a good thing as well. Yeah. Yeah. Whether or not people are trying to up their Insta game or they just want a little yeah. bit of a mood lift, you're definitely Absolutely, doing it yeah. all. Who doesn't? Yeah. <laughs> Shane, congratulations to you and to all of the artists involved in this festival. And Cork is so happy to have something like this to lift our spirits now heading into the winter. Thanks a million. Absolutely. Not at all. Thank you. Thank you very much. And that is the Festival Ardu, which takes place. Now, don't forget, you can listen back to the programme on the podcast page during the course of the week. Our thanks indeed to all our guests. I hope we've given you some great ideas of what you can do live, uh, listening in over the course of uh, the next week. But, Connor, also today... Don't forget to catch the last day of Indie Cork. And even if you sign on to that, you might even be able to help local musicians as well, because there's a lot to follow. Until next Sunday, bye. Cork's 96 FM and C103. The Arts House with Griffin's Potatoes Cork. Fresh, flowery and full of taste. It's at the root of what we do.